0: Hello, and welcome to the February 9th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on various investment and financing projects to support Africa development, the 2023 Petroleum Public Tender Process in Angola, The privatization program in Cape Verde, the expansion of Maputo Port in Mozambique, Timor-Leste carbon capture and storage projects, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you.
1: We start this week's episode with Italy's six billion US dollar plan to support African development, which the Italian government unveiled during the Italy-Africa Summit in Rome. Italy announced several initiatives designed to bolster economic links and create an energy hub for Europe. The African Development Bank Group president, who also attended the summit, commended the Italian government for the Rome Process Financing Facility, Which will provide 100 million euros, 90 percent of which is concessional financing, towards support for infrastructure in Africa, especially for renewable energy, energy efficiency projects, water and sanitation, and agriculture initiatives, as well as vocational training and job creation. In Angola, the National Oil, Gas and Biofuels Agency announced the pre-qualification results for its 2023 public tender process with opportunity given to nine companies for preferred bidder operator status, and five companies were given preferred bidder status as non-operators. The nine preferred bidders with operator status are Etu Energies, Sonengal, Serenis Energy, Walcott Limited, Acrep SA, Group Simples Oil, Intank Group, Transoceanic, and Ace Energy. And the five preferred bidders with non-operator status are Sonengal, Group Simples Oil, Aventra, Enegal, and Effie Max, while 10 other companies failed to qualify. The Angolan concessionaire further announced that blocks with no operator, blocks with unsatisfactory bids, and blocks with no bids are available for the creation of contractor groups. During the visit of the U.S. Secretary of State to Angola, the two countries have pledged to continue strengthening the bilateral ties between them in key areas including trade and investment, food security, global health, and climate and energy. The U.S. Secretary of State stressed his government's willingness to drive Angola's digitalization efforts with support towards reliable telecommunication networks poised to improve the country's digital connectivity to the global economy. The U.S. is also committed to institutionally sponsoring political stability, security, good governance, and a safeguarding of human rights for Angolans, the southern region, and the African continent. In Cape Verde, the government is looking to wrap up privatizations by the first half of 2025 and is looking for investors who can set them in motion. The process kicked off this January with the launch of the public offer for sale on the stock exchange of 27.44% of the shares held by the state in Economica and will continue with the privatization of Enapor Sport Operations, the privatization of Emprofac in pharma and CV handling, and the sale of the stake held by the National Airports and Air Safety Company and the National Institute for Social Security in Kapver Telecom. Other operations in the pipeline include the institutional reform and restructuring of the energy sector with the privatization of Electra S.A., the restructuring of Cabnav, and the stabilization of Cape Verde's airline, TACV's operations and its privatization. The Cape Verde government has signed a €120 million financing agreement with the European Investment Bank ...to implement renewable energy projects in the country and boost energy transition... ...demonstrating the joint commitment to tackling global challenges in promoting clean and sustainable energy. This agreement is part of the European Commission's Global Gateway Initiative... ...to promote sustainable development and includes a donation of 25 million euros from the European Union... ...which totals 145 million euros for the development of the energy sector... This is also a strategic investment if the country is to achieve its goal of producing more than 50% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2030. One of the main projects covered by this funding is the construction of the Renewable Energy Storage Plant in Santiago with a capacity of 20 megawatts and 160 megawatt-hour of energy storage capacity. In addition, the agreement also covers related projects linked to the reinforcement and digitalization of networks at a national level, including the closing of the electricity transmission ring in Santiago and the energy efficiency program in public lighting that should provide the country with a public lighting system with 100% lead bulbs. Cameroon obtained over 180 million US dollars in financing from the International Monetary Fund under the Resilience and Sustainability Facility, a mechanism that provides affordable long-term financing that enables countries to reduce risks for future balance of payment stability, including those related to climate change and pandemics. Disbursements linked to the new loan granted to Cameroon, the IMF points out, will begin at the end of the first review of the Resilience and Sustainability Facility, which extends over 18 months. This period coincides with the remaining 18 months to implement the Extended Credit Facility and Extended Fund Facility arrangements, approved in July 2021 and extended in December 2023, to support the country's economic and financial reform program. As part of its National Development Strategy 2020-2030, a.k.a. SND30, Cameroon is planning to pave at least 6,000 kilometers of new roads. At the end of December 2023, only 8.39% of the country's road network had been asphalted. In accordance with the SND 30, a number of actions are underway to increase the stock of asphalt roads in order to reach the target set out in the strategy and to improve the level of service of existing roads through the maintenance of 3,000 kilometers of asphalt roads. In order to achieve this goal, the government and its partners are using innovative techniques such as pavement recycling and the use of stabilizing products and bitumen emulsions to increase the length of roads. The development of these road infrastructures should, according to the authorities, ensure the opening up of industrial basins, the supply of raw materials to factories, the sale of production to domestic and foreign markets, as well as the transport of people, raising the country's average economic growth. Côte d'Ivoire has made a successful return to international capital markets after raising 2.6 billion US dollars through two bonds with respective maturities of nine and 13 years. The country's first Eurobond sale in nearly three years consisted of a 1.1 billion US dollar sustainability bond and 1.5 billion dollars in conventional notes. The issuance drew interest from more than 400 investors in a record-breaking operation that generated an order book exceeding 8 billion U.S. dollars representing the highest order level ever recorded by a sovereign country in West Africa. In Gabon, the government set the course for the next three years with the unveiling of the National Development Plan for the Transition – which aims to ensure the diversification of the Gabonese economy, traditionally centered on oil, by developing other sectors such as agriculture, tourism, industry and services, and to guarantee sustainable and inclusive economic growth, assuring improved living conditions for the Gabonese people. This vast economic and social program provides for the implementation of 293 development projects, for which the overall financing requirements are estimated at 4,536 billion CFA francs. These resources of financing are varied, with over 2 billion coming from its own resources obtained by optimizing non-oil revenues and measures to reduce government expenditure. External financing will also make a significant contribution, which is over 1 billion, while the private sector will contribute with close to 2 billion CFA francs, notably through public-private partnerships. Guinea-Bissau's largest photovoltaic plant was built on the island of Bolama by the European Union in partnership with the Portuguese non-governmental organization TESE. The plant, built within the Yanda Guinea project, can produce enough energy to power the island of Bolama with around 5,000 people for 24 hours. For now, the project, which is in its testing phase, has installed 12 kilometers of electric cables throughout Bulama and is awaiting the government's approval to start supplying energy to the population. The government of Mozambique has approved a deal with Maputo port, including a $2 billion US expansion that will enable Maputo to draw cargo away from the trade infrastructure of neighboring South Africa. The deal grants a 25-year extension on the lease of the country's biggest port to the operator consortium led by DP World and South Africa's Grindrod Limited, which also includes Mozambique's state-owned railway operator. Under the new concession agreement, the port's capacity is set to increase to 54 million tons per year by 2058 from the current 37 million tons. That includes expanding a coal terminal in Matola next to Maputo to 18 million tons yearly, from 7.5 million tons. Furthermore, annual shipping container capacity will almost quadruple to a million units over the same period. And an extra storage area will also be created, by reclaiming 15 hectares from the sea. The German government has announced the disbursement of about 90 million euros to finance coastal protection projects, green infrastructure and economic and social development within its partnership with Mozambique. Around 45 million euros will be allocated to the second phase of the construction of a coastal protection wall in the central Mozambican city of Bayram the financing of the second phase of rehabilitation of green infrastructure and social projects in local communities. Alongside Germany, the World Bank is also contributing to the Coastal Protection Project in Bayra, one of the areas worst hit by the effects of climate change, with cyclones Idai, Kenneth and Freddy passing through in recent years. Mozambique Stock Exchange is preparing its first issuance of green bonds later this year as soon as the necessary legislation is approved. The CEO of the Mozambique Stock Exchange claims to be optimistic about achieving this milestone in 2024 and points out that the company is collaborating with the national financial institution interested in the initiative. The green bonds are intended to support a transition to a green economy in Africa with a focus on areas such as climate change mitigation and adaptation, sustainable infrastructure and forest conservation projects. Good news for Portugal, which has ended 2023 with the highest growth in the EU, having also brought down domestic public debt to below 100% of GDP last year. Despite having achieved better numbers in 2022, this is still a feat when compared to other European countries' performance, in the current economic landscape. Portugal also had a great year in terms of foreign investment, as it raised 3.5 billion euros in foreign direct investment in 2023, surpassing the 2.4 billion euros secured in 2022. Tourism in Portugal has made a strong comeback since the pandemic, and 2023 broke several records in the sector. And according to tourism consulting firm NeoTouris, the momentum shouldn't slow down in the coming years. Attesting to this is the fact that over the next three years, around 150 hotels will be built in Portugal, making it the largest three-year pipeline ever in hotel construction in the country. Growing tourist demand for Portugal, especially among Americans and Canadians, is increasingly putting the country on the route of the world's biggest developers and hotel chains. And according to NeoTourists, the largest international companies are either already in Portugal, planning a hotel in Portugal, or have already analyzed an opportunity in the country. The Democratic Republic of the Congo's infrastructure goals are getting a boost as Chinese companies Sino Hydro Corp and China Railway Group have agreed to increase their investment in the country as part of a minerals for infrastructure deal. The two companies will now invest up to US$7 dollars in infrastructure as part of a new agreement over the SECO Means Copper and Cobalt joint venture. The previous agreement saw an investment of $3 billion but further analysis by the DRC's General Inspectorate of Finance led to an adjustment in conditions. Timor-Leşte is strengthening bilateral ties with Australia, as both pledged to jointly develop carbon capture and storage projects and advance the Greater Sunrise development during a productive meeting between Timor-Leste's Minister for Petroleum and Mineral Resources, Francisco da Costa Monteiro, and Australian Ministers for Resources in Northern Australia and the Minister of Foreign Affairs. The ministers engaged in constructive discussions highlighting the strong support and commitment to the BioUndan Carbon Capture and Storage Project. Recognizing the importance of this collaboration in tackling climate change and pushing the technological frontiers, the leaders agreed to strengthen cooperation in creating the necessary legal and regulatory frameworks. This joint effort aims to facilitate the efficient movement of CO2 between the two nations, allowing for the safe storage of CO2 in underwater reservoirs. They also reaffirmed their commitment to ongoing high-level dialogues and to a consortium developing the Greater Sunrise fields, the Sunrise Joint Venture. The main goal of the talks was to finalize critical aspects of the Greater Sunrise Project, including the Petroleum Mining Code, the fiscal regime and the production-sharing agreements. During the meeting, the mutual commitment of both nations to the commercially viable and mutually beneficial development of the Greater Sunrise Project was underlined, which represents a positive step in regional cooperation and highlights the shared vision of Timor-Leste and Australia in promoting sustainable energy solutions, economic development and strengthening bilateral relations between both nations. Following timor lestes accession to the World Trade Organization, the Timorese government and the team from the Secretariat for the country's accession, as well as international partners, have gathered to discuss the support needed once the country formally joins the organization. According to the Minister for Trade and Industry, Filipe Pujnin kuraire Timor-Leste's partners confirmed their willingness to continue providing technical assistance to Timor-Leste, especially in the training of Timorese human resources in terms of conducting negotiations, resolving trade disputes and international trade law in order to strengthen the country's position as a World Trade Organization member. In the aftermath of the meeting, the Portuguese ambassador, Manuel Abairus pointed out that Timor-Leste had once again confirmed that it was institutionally and technically prepared for major international challenges. She further stated that there is some work to be done in adopting laws and regulations to comply with international law, but that Portugal is prepared and willing to collaborate with Timor-Leste in any areas that Timor-Leste considers Portugal to be an asset. Trade Invest, Timor-Leste's state-run export promotion agency, has granted business benefits to 236 companies since 2005, totaling 4 billion US dollars. In 2023 alone, 5 international companies were granted declarations of benefit with an investment amount of around 53 million US dollars. The agency also revealed that most companies that have received benefits have invested in agriculture horticulture, tourism, cattle breeding, and fish and crab aquaculture. In Macau, imports from Lusophone countries have reached a new record in 2023, standing at over 163 million euros, 33.9% more than in 2022. Brazil takes the lead with 127 million euros worth of exported goods to Macau, followed by Portugal, which reached close to 32 million euros in exported goods, namely clothing and accessories, meat, fish and seafood, alcoholic beverages and pharmaceutical products.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luís Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.